0: Hello, and welcome to the Smart Injury Doctors Podcast, the injury market's top program for doctors, lawyers, and insurers who want to gain greater insight on how to improve patient recovery results and deliver better services in the U.S. injury market. Please welcome your host, Dr. Jeffrey Allen Cronk. Okay, what I want to talk about today is impairment rating. It comes up a lot. We got a lot of questions on it, and it, it definitely comes up a lot. So I'm going to give you, first of all, my personal experience with impairment rating. Um, when I first read the impairment guides in 1995, um, I, the reason why I read them is, is I was uh, told by a colleague of mine, Harold McCoy, who had a company at the time that introduced me to excessive motion testing for spinal ligament injuries and also outcome assessment procedures that could monitor the function of the spine as you were improving it. And so I, I remember the first time I read it in the, in the chapter and it spoke about alteration of motion segment integrity. And it said that if you had a certain amount of that, that it was a 25% whole person impairment. And I was like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, this was just some of the best stuff I'd, I'd ever read on chiropractic. Because basically with the AMA, whether they knew they were doing it or not, and I doubt they knew they were doing it, um, you gotta remember, you know, only what, probably 88, 87. So 87, eight years earlier, they, they had settled the Wilkes case. So, you know, I'm sure they didn't do it on purpose, but I was like, Oh my God. And for those of you that don't know what the Wilkes case was, that was the, um, you know, antitrust lawsuit that chiropractors won against the AMA. So, I remember seeing it and saying, wow, the AMA says that a spinal subluxation can cause a 25% whole person impairment. That means 25% of the person's activities of daily living, either now or in the future, may be negatively influenced by this thing. And they were validating the thing that I was treating better than any chiropractic group had ever validated it. And I was like, I was I was like, wow, why doesn't every chiropractor in the world understand this? Why don't they look at it? Right? Because it's very easy. What what is an impairment? I mean, impairment's a loss. I cut your arm off. You lost your arm. It's a loss. Loss of use of. Cut the nerve to your arm. You can't use it. Loss. Loss of use of or derangement of a body part or parts. That's what it is. So if I have a derangement of my eye and I'm blind, it's an impairment. If I have a derangement of my spine... More than 3.5 millimeters of translation, or greater than 11 degrees of angular difference at any one segment to the other, or in the sixth edition, greater than 20 percent anterior or posterior slippage. Uh, it's a 20. You know, it, it's it's an impairment, right? We look at the spine and we say, well, look, there's only three, there's only three damage patterns that you can have. You can break it, you can cause excessive motion in it, or you can cause herniation, or you can cause combinations of those three. All three are impairments. Now, the reason why I like the impairment guides is because they're impairment guides. So I don't have to explain. I don't have to justify what I'm doing. And I have never, ever had difficulty using it. The only time that I ever have difficulty using it is with the confused. And here's the thing about confusion. Confusion is highly contagious, so if you're, if, if you're a little weak or you're in a weakened state, you can become quite confused as well. So certainty is the absence of confusion. Certainty is where you, I like to operate. I like to operate with complete certainty if possible, because then I have the absence of confusion, right? So I look at it and I say, well, look, you know, there's impairment guides and in these impairment guides, um, they are the only guides in the world to permanent body impairment. There's different sections for different body systems. So if you have permanent impairment of the spine, there's a spinal section. If you have a permanent impairment of the uh, heart, there's a section in there on the heart. If you have permanent brain damage, there's a section. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's a like Kelly Blue Book for the body. If you damage, dent, or derange the body, this is what is called the amount of uh, impairment or a whole body impairment rating says that this is how this thing affects your whole body and your ability to do activities of daily living. Now, ergo, activities of daily living, not work, activities of daily living. So where the confusion comes in, usually with attorneys, but let 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 me address the confusion with attorneys. Personal injury attorneys are the only attorneys in the legal market that do not routinely or have not formally studied the condition that they represent. So I would say 99% of the attorneys that I've ever spoken to from, 2000, from 1995 on to present day, we're in 2022 right now have never taken a formalized program on spinal injuries. They represent them, but they don't study them. So they don't understand. They don't understand the guidelines. They don't understand personal imp- permanent impairment guidelines. They don't understand the things that trigger permanent impairment guidelines and those findings for disc herniation or those findings for excessive motion or those findings for fracture trigger surgical guidelines for, for surgical procedures and preauthorizations for those procedures. They don't know that those guidelines also follow things like athletic return to play parameter guidelines. They don't understand that they also categorize patients into treatment guidelines for standardization of treatment. So the reason why I like guidelines is because they protect me and they keep me on offense. I don't have to defend what I'm doing. I just put a guideline out in front of me. Well, Dr. Cronk, why did you treat this person 42 times? What do you mean, why did I treat him 42 times? You should be asking me why it only took me 42 times. The patient had a severe injury, and we were able to stabilize that injury in pretty good time. In the Croft Treatment Guidelines for Ligament Injury, I have up to 76 visits in 52 weeks. In the ICA Best Practice Guidelines, look at those. They're incredible guidelines. Right. So I'm using guidelines. Now there's, there are people out there. There are doctors out there. I've met doctors that say, oh my God, I I can't stand guidelines. Don't use guidelines. I'm like, wow. Why would you not use guidelines? Now, what you want to do is you want to know the guidelines that you're using and have the guidelines match the way that you practice the best that you possibly can. And then You want to put those guidelines in the notes because you want to let the world know you want to be judged by those guidelines. If I'm evaluating impairment, I want to be judged by the impairment guidelines. If I'm evaluating permanency of a spinal injury, I want to be judged by how I utilized and complied with the the, uh, AMA impairment guides. Just that simple. Fifth edition, super, super simple to use. Sixth edition, a little more complicated, but still super simple to use, right? Are there resources out there that you can, you can get help in understanding, especially in the sixth edition? Yeah, it, it, go to places like impairmaster.com, cheap, uh, inexpensive uh, software, online, cloud-based that helps you to do an impairment rating super, super easily. So of course I would use that. And of course, I'm going to put out front impairment ratings. Now, where attorneys get confused, remember, I just said attorneys are the only ones. So when I say attorneys don't study the condition that they represent, if I'm I'm hurt in a contract dispute, I'm going to hire a contract attorney. And guess what they spend their weekends doing? Studying contracts, studying law, studying provisions, studying how to layer contracts. Studying how to offset contract provisions that they don't want. They study contracts, right? If I, if I say if I breathe in uh, asbestos and I want to go to an asbestos attorney, they studied everything there is to know about asbestos. Where does asbestos accumulate? What tests actually indicate it? What are chronic symptoms associated with it? How do I determine if it was a pre-existing or it's, an, it's actively from the exposure that, the, that they're saying is causing it? They study everything there is to know about that product for product liability claims. Right? If I have a bad deal in real estate, I can hire a real estate attorney. They study housing. They study the local market. They study real estate. They study real estate law. They study real estate procedures. They study real estate contracts. Right, personal injury attorneys go to the spinal injury market. Ask any personal attorney, injury attorney. Hey, have you ever taken a formalized program on spinal injuries? Ninety-nine percent is going to say no. So you can't be led by the blind. Now I realize there's business people worry about. Oh my gosh, they're not going to send me any business. They're not going to send me a business. I'm going to tell you what. If you're the best center in the in your area, they're going to do business with you. They're going to do business with you. So. It's very easy to bridge them over, though. If they don't like impairment, then you go to something that they do like, right? They love, they love surgical procedures. Oh, my gosh, person had an accident. They had to have a surgical procedure, and now they couldn't settle with the insurance carrier. They come into an attorney and say, hey, I had this bad accident. I have a lot of treatment. They had to fuse my neck, and I don't have an attorney. Can you help me out? There's $100,000 of, of policy limit, I think, here. Can you help me out? like, yeah, the guy's like, yeah, wow, I just walked in today. I, I just made $33,000 minimum, minimum, right? But do they know what causes the need for those surgeries? No, no. And what's the common thing that you have? Well, oh, we rely, the common thing that an attorney will say is we rely on, I've got a medical doctor on staff. They review all of our records Good. I've been in offices where I've said, all right, can you bring in the medical doctor that you use to review records? And very nicely introduce myself. Hey, I'm a chiropractor. I may say something as simple as this. Hey, as a chiropractor, there was no formalized education on spinal injuries in my college or any college across the country. I'm not aware of any medical school that has any training. Were you ever trained on spinal injuries? 100% of the time. Nope. Okay, so they don't know so it is frustrating they should know you think they would know you would think they would understand you know hey they want objectivity objectivity is anything that can be verified when we say objective we say verifiable so if it's in a book it's verifiable if it's in a movie it's verifiable if somebody spoke it and it was recorded it's verifiable if it's in a guideline it's verifiable if it's on an image it's verifiable So what we want is the highest level of objectivity. And there is no higher level of objectivity than guidelines. All you got to do is read them. And they're fascinating, right? They're really helpful. So when I'm training doctors across the country to talk to lawyers about impairment rating, the other thing that lawyers routinely do is you'll have a state and a state, will have work comp guidelines, right? So work-related injuries. And they'll say, we don't use the AMA guides. Now, if you look at their almost 100% of the time, when they they say that, when somebody says that, it means that they did a hybrid. They came up and they said, all right, we're not going to go straight with the AMA impairment guides for these impairments. We're going to do a hybrid. We're going to strip out some things that we want from that. And we're going to create our own guidelines. But guess what? No one creates their own guideline from scratch. Generally, what they do is they they go out to other already existing guidelines and they pull information from it. There's not a guideline in the country for disability that doesn't have an impairment guideline behind it. And the only impairment guideline there is in the world is the AMA Guide to the Evaluation of Permanent Impairment. Should have been called the AMA Guide to the Evaluation of Permanent Injury because impairments are injuries. So... Yes you have to cross them over a little bit you have to you have to work you know I, I've had attorneys say well we you know I've had attorneys say look uh, the state of Wisconsin doesn't use the AMA impairment guides I mean on an auto claim in the state of Wisconsin we can't use the AMA impairment guides. It's like okay <laughs> yeah uh, uh, talk about the blind uh, leading the, the vision. You know, you have to be gentle with it. It's like, okay, well, how do you determine permanent injury in the state of Wisconsin? What guideline do you use that helps you as the lawyer to determine if the injury is permanent or not? What objective thing do you use that shows the consensus of the world about this injury that you're presenting? What do you use? Oh <laughs> That's because they don't know. So just because they don't know doesn't mean you have to You have to bend as a doctor. These guidelines are fantastic and they're very, very easy to use. So I recommend that you use them. As always, what I do in these podcasts, short, sweet, to the point, I hope you got something from this today. Um, check us out at 800-940-6513 or check us out on the website, our website at www.SmartInjuryDoctors.com or if you're a lawyer listening to this, Check us out at www.smartinjurylawyers.com. Check us out. Look at what we have to offer for doctors because it's simple, sweet, to the point, and it helps you build your practices. Doctors, as always, I appreciate your time, your attention, and I look forward to speaking with you on the next podcast. Thank you.